You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Oh man, this is our review episode for week five of the 2017 college football season. I say that in case somebody's listening to this in a bomb shelter years from now going, what did this society so talented and yet so mad that it incinerated itself and left me to live in the tunnels beneath what was once this verdant earth? Uh, What did they value? We we just talked about football. Y'all that's it. Just whistled past our own graveyard. Talked about football. Then you'll listen to this podcast and think, ah, I envy the dead. They don't have to listen to this anymore. Lucky you. We're the only thing that survived <laughs> nuclear hellfire. You're, you're welcome. Hope, hope we're, hope we're little, little Jordan, little Jordan Humphrey, the ninth sitting there. Hey, rate us, hey, rate us five stars on iTunes. Mutant cockroaches that have learned how to use shotguns. Thanks y'all go cockroaches. Tell people about it on Facebook, because y'all will still probably be on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook will still be around, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is week five, and week five is the point where I think it comes time for every rational person uh, following a football team to admit, it's time to fire everybody, y'all. Fire them all. Fire everybody. Time to fire everybody. It's time to check those buyouts, because the things that you hope for in life, they're not happening. <laughs> They're really, they're not happening for so many of you. So many of you. Not Alabama fans. Rest of college football, hello. Everyone else, don't listen to this. Everyone who's like a Bama fan, don't listen to this. You don't count. You're playing for a spot in the AFC South. Admit it. You just hear that? You're, you just hear that? You're not, Spencer, you're not people. Spencer just said Bama don't count. Oh, that's bulletin board material right there. Bama's going to show you. Bama's going to show you Bama counts. Spencer said Bama can't count. He's called Bama Dumb. He oh, said, I don't know how to count. 
Damn. Mm, now, count, I mean, how many consultants they got? You, you're going to get to that? I, 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 I guarantee you, I saw that press box. You got 42, you got 42 offensive line coaches. Got three, you got three apostles in there. How'd you get them? Yeah. Alabama, guess what, guess what you got up there? You have the original group Alabama up there. They you are. Just beat, you just beat a team with two apostles, the head coach. You just beat Matt Luke. You just beat half the gospel, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, like that's proof that Ole Miss is definitely giving him the job. You're going to look up and see like Mercer head coach Mark John? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him at Ole Miss. <laughs> that's the man for Oxford. Have you ever called an escort? Uh, only only the Lord who escorts me through this day. Goodness! Only, he's perfect! Only to, only to minister to him. <laughs> Listen, UCF coach Genesis Colossians will play you anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Man, that's not, that sounds like a defensive lineman. Right there. <laughs> that sounds like an LSU defensive lineman. That's a four-star. The week week five's week five's results. Uh, the one that I think we're alluding to in particular um, of of teams that you know you've given up, and frankly, maybe you should, maybe you should. You know, like Ole Miss. I'm just gonna respect old like the hell out of Ole Miss because you know you know how long Ole Miss uh, competed with a vastly superior Alabama team uh, for about three seconds. As it, they just noped, they noped the hell out. Like just out, like nah, you know, like I, the, I, the Hugh Freeze gift. Nah, nah. I could get hurt doing this. I could, I could really try, or I could just accept. You know, this. I could turn this entire game into the Serenity Prayer, right? <laughs> <laughs> this entire Ole Miss season is somebody at a blackjack table, just like betting erratically, and you're like, what? Are, what are you even doing? And they're like, yeah, it don't matter. FBI is going to show up in about uh, ten minutes here, so. Really, this money is meaningless to me. Who cares? 17. Double down. Grant me the strength to sim to end. Then <laughs> they did it. And I respect that because they, they were like, mm, that's cool. Um, you know what? Young blood over here. You, you, you back up. Why don't you, uh, why don't you get in there? Get some reps. You want to you wanna compete against the best. That's why you came here, right, buddy? You know that's all cool. these NFL scouts watching? They want to see you, not me. But... They did score more points than Tennessee did. <laughs> so, in case you were wondering why we were looking out buyouts, um, there's a difference. I think Ole Miss made a business decision, right? Like, mm, you know, a lot of unfortunate things have transpired between my program and yours, Alabama. Um, perhaps tonight we could just get a good clean scrimmage in. And uh, nobody will get hurt except for Deshaun Hand. Sorry, guys. And uh, we'll just get through with this. What what Tennessee did? That's I don't I don't want to say they. Uh, no, I'm just gonna well, say it. It was, they, it, they was a, it was clean too, just in the enema kind of way. <laughs> that digestive, what kind that, of that digestive tract is clear now, Tennessee. Nothing left in it. Butch like Jones. in the like in the kind of way where um you know the the so we have we have two different two two dogs that have two very different styles when it comes to uh, small critters they find in the backyard one of mm-hmm. 
she'll bring in a bird or whatever, and then she'll just leave the dead bird. She's like, I'm done with that dead bird. And young boy, what he'll do when he finds an animal is like, oh, shit. And that, that animal's gone. It's just gone. It's clean. And that, that was how Georgia did it this weekend. Just whoop, all gone. Where was it? No, it's not there. Yeah. All gone now. Yeah. Now, um, I, would, I would like, can I, can I like pull us aside for just a second here? Sure. So we got, I forget who it was because I don't pay good attention, but, but somebody on Twitter was pointing out like, hey, the full cast really talks about the SEC a lot, which I understand, but they don't talk about the Big Ten all that much. And I am not above criticism. I am not unwilling to accept that maybe we shouldn't. And then I look at this week's Big Ten scores. And and I'm asking, other than Northwestern fucking away a decent chance to maybe beat Wisconsin on the road, Mm-hmm. What what are we supposed to talk about? We I mean we can talk about Iowa following up a close down to the wire near win against Penn State with a ten point effort against Michigan State. We could talk about and probably should talk about Maryland on quarterback number eight beating Minnesota and improving to three and Board. one on the year. Board. Borden Schlager. Yeah, sure. You can, you can, I mean, they won because they had the quarterback with the most Minnesota name, and that's the secret to beating Minnesota. So that's unfair. Borden Schlager. But, like, I'm not gonna, no, we're not gonna talk about Ohio State Rutgers because it was an inferior version of last year's Ohio State Rutgers game. (laughs) Because it had too fewer points. So I would love to, I would love to talk about Big Ten football, but if we think of it as this is the program that thrives on chaos and delighting in the pain of others, everybody in the Big Ten is just fi- like who who is drastically underperforming in the Big Ten right now? Is there anybody? Uh, I think you could argue Northwestern has disappointed on the year overall, but it seems like they've sort of you know regained their footing. Right, like and 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 nobody's drastically overperforming at this point, with the exception of maybe like Maryland. We should we'll give credit to them because yeah, they beat Texas, and yeah, they haven't collapsed uh, despite losing two starting quarterbacks. Um, is anybody from the Big Ten going to get fired this year, pending some like cause? I mean, like. Even Mike Riley, it doesn't feel like that's a, a, a given at this point. Everybody else just sort of like, yeah, it's happening. Purdue, you look better. Iowa, you look like Iowa. Indiana, yep. Uh, there's just, I, I don't know what's what's that interesting to talk about the Big Ten here. I, I just want to make sure that I'm not missing something. Nah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not being discussed on this program, that's a good thing. Just lay low. You you this our radar is one you want to stay off of. That's true. Yeah, you don't. You don't. On here, things have probably gone wrong for you. And also on the subject of our alleged southern bias, go back and check the receipts. Our longest episode ever was on the Big Ten West. So you can miss me with that. It was. It was an eighteen play, hour and a half drive. F- missed field goal of an episode that ended with a missed. Most of, I mean, most of our episodes end with a missed field goal if we're going to be <laughs> yeah as time does not expire <laughs> yeah exactly that's 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 kind of how we do things just by brand right but but longest episode ever 
It was a Big Ten one. You know when we're supposed to talk about the Big Ten? We're supposed to talk about the Big Ten in November. When you can weather virtue us, right? When you go, oh, look at it. Look at it. Look at Wisconsin playing real football. Look at it. It's so cold. Yeah, that's 67 degrees. Yeah. (laughs) Unseasonably warm. (laughs) That's when you're supposed, that's when we're supposed to pay attention. Here's the calendar and how it goes, okay? One, we all leap on one conference for underperforming early in out of conference games in weeks one and two, okay? Whatever conference underperforms and overperforms, that's what we talk about. Then you get into October, you get into September and October, and we talk about the SEC and the ACC a lot. You want to know why? Because they're actually playing meaningful conference games and people are getting fired because that's what we like to do in the SEC, okay? We hire people for too much money, we fire them, and we make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Who understands this? Me. I get this, and I'm just going to let you in on a little secret about how this works, okay, and how this conference juices things up. We kill people, all right? Not opponents always, often our own. And then in November, we talk about the Big Ten because it's cold, but we also talk about how we're not talking about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 enough, even though we were the ones who weren't talking about the Big 12 and the Pac-12, because there's nothing better than media about media. I think... The time to talk about the Big 12 is like March through July, realignment rumor season. Mm-hmm. That's the Big 12's time to shine. The Pac-12, um, there's got to be a day we can fit them in somewhere when people will want to talk about the Pac-12. I'm just committed to this. I know that talking about the Pac-12 is forever a losing proposition. It just is. You don't care as much. You don't. There's just like 18 people who care about as much. And you... And and you were all at the Washington State game, and that's and that's fine. That's fine. I you know what? It's a it's 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 a niche, and I'm totally and completely happy to help fill that niche. Um, are are you gonna are you gonna build a business on it? I, I hope not, because uh, they just don't care as much. Y- y'all ain't ever killing anyone over a game. It's just not happening. All right. Yeah, you can kind of tell that that's true because it's super hard to get fired as a Pac-12 coach. Like, it's super hard. It happens, but it's it feels like it's increasingly rare these days. How many, I mean, how many years did they give Lane Kiffin? Like, flagrantly fireable Lane Kiffin, right? Like, maybe the most fireable coach in the history of fireable coaches, right? Um, he He's still got a, a good long run at USC. I don't know about all this. I mean, they fired Mark Helfrich, what, two years after a title trip? Mm. Yeah, but that, well, was yeah, the, that was the first time they'd fired a coach in like 40 years. Well, yeah, because it had been nothing but upward ascent. And then as soon as things take a downturn, it's time to clean house. It's entirely possible that they pressed the wrong know. combination of keys and they accidentally fired him. They're like, oh, shit, that, that's, that's, what sure, Alt, sure, maybe. that's what Alt F8 does? Oh, damn it. I had no idea. I feel like it, it's been a while since the Pac-12 coaches got hired. I think it's because of that, that big wave of new money hire all came yeah. in all at once and boy those are about to expire <laughs> state of arizona hmm i mean arizona state you're looking a little better than expected but you know i mean th- this might be the year you know we see uh multiple pac-12 jobs open i don't know they probably can't fire rich rod because his deal involves like i don't know ownership in some copper mine and that would probably mess something up for like an influential you know arizona booster be like well rich rod's on the board of that copper mine and I got to get the Chinese off the board before the end of the year. There's going to be some weird tax implications, and I need his vote, so I can't go firing him. 
notice, by the way, every Arizona booster in my head is some sort of insane mining wildcatter, right? Listen, Which, there are there are seven Pac-12 coaches that have had their job since 2012 or earlier. Do you know what that number is in the SEC? Oh, from 2012? <laughs> yes, it, from 2012 or no. earlier. It's three. It's, yeah. it's, Nick, it's Nick Saban, it's Dan Mullen, and it's Kevin Sumlin, and that's it. And there are a lot of 2013 folks on this list who are not looking great right now. So I, I feel like that's a, that's a reasonable explanation of the difference. Well, and Spurrier retired because he was old, and Pinkle retired because he got sick. Mm-hmm. But still, still, I mean, no one's denying the SEC is uh, higher, I don't want to say stakes and pressure and all that, but yeah, those are the words. Those are the words to use. Even in the ACC, that number is only five. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just a little easier to stick around the Pac-12 a little long. Like, Jim Mora based on last year that gets him fired at i would say most comparable sec acc schools right most comparable big 10 schools i think i would, the, say, the I would say that combined with someone right like if someone put together a five and seven season he's super gone ah but this leads to what spencer really wanted to talk about which is buyouts <laughs> Oh, yeah, buyout season! <laughs> buyout season's coming, y'all. Hashtag buyout S-Z-N. Buyout season is real. Buyout season buyout season is is going to be real, real for, for Butch Jones. Because uh, do you think there's any way he is not completely fired at the end of the season? Um, He may flee the state and be unable to be served with papers to be fired. I could see that happening. I could see him. Uh, was it Ernest Hemingway's brother or somebody who like built a, a raft island and declared it an independent nation? I could see that. Yes. I could see Butchylvania floating out there in the Atlantic. <laughs> Butchswana. <laughs> we will compete in the Olympics. Uh, I would. Uh, I would go ahead and if we're looking at this, by the way, we're not exactly totally sure on what the buyout is. But if they fired him on October 1st, Bush Jones would be due uh, $6.82 million. All right. Now, if it's September 30th, uh, that's that, that number is around 9.2 mil. So remember, for maximum savings, time your firings appropriately, so, right? So, so the mere fact that they made it to this recording of the podcast saved them money? Yes, yes. Tennessee's is a little tricky because, like, it's being yeah. widely reported that it's nine million, but we actually—I mean—we looked at the contract and the numbers are kind of confusing. And and I think it was um, Darren Rovell who's arguing that, like, well, his agent would argue for prorating and all this stuff. I don't know. It's it's somewhere between you know basically seven million and basically nine million. Yeah. Which you know, I mean, what? That's only like five mil after taxes. Please. Nothing. Yeah, it's absolutely nothing. But this isn't uh, even this isn't even the craziest number in the conference. Oh no. Close. No, no, no. We're we're going through we'll get to those. Let's go through okay. practical numbers, okay. okay? Sure. 
practical numbers. There's <laughs> there's levels to this, okay? Because because um, I will say by the way, based on sort of like my like experience with these things, um, these are reasonable numbers, right? For somebody who's uh, had you know that much time there and was invested, and yeah, that's this all makes sense, right? I think we can say like industry standard more than reasonable, right? How's that? Peyton Manning has like an IRA he forgot about that he can pay off with Jones with if they need to. Listen, he might he might have to remember that then pay off Butch Jones, right? Like that that's that's a real thing, son. Now, the 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 other number that you might be curious about would be LSU's cuz I don't know if you watched LSU Troy, um but uh, LSU that they did not win that game. But you know, it's it's a, sure it's a conference game, right? Um it's it's actually not a it's not a conference game. That's that's a Sun Belt team. Troy's in the Sun Belt. That's one of the best conferences, though, right? Um, it is not. It is not. It is a great conference. Um, it is a great conference in its own sphere. It's one of the of, best. It's one of the best belt-based conferences for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's true. Um, how many, Jason? Uh, Jason, real quick. How many uh, third downs did you convert? On Saturday, I was unable to convert any. You are just as good as LSU football. They went 0 of 9 against the Troy Trojans. Whoops. Sorry. Good God. <laughs> but wait, yeah, maybe, but maybe it was just a bad night for a third down. Maybe it was just one of those nights where nobody. Nope, Troy 10 of 18 and converted both of their fourth down tries. Whoops. Well, that's the problem. Troy, tr- they let Troy have all of them. Oh, that's, you know what? That's very kind and generous, especially in these times. Yeah, I would, um, I mean, this is, they, they, all you need to know is that against Troy, and how badly this, this could go, right? This is how badly it went. They had to put in Miles Brennan at the end of the game for something. Uh, Miles My- Brennan hasn't started before. Yeah, you can tell. You can Miles tell Brennan's because easy. if I if I said to you a week ago, who or what is Miles Brennan? You'd say I don't know, like a pharmaceutical company, probably. Yeah, did some uh, did some contracting work on like large federal buildings, right? Miles Brennan, they're really great at building hospitals that accommodate MRI machines, right? It sounds like an alternate me- measurement, like. Nautical miles or something? Yeah, convert it to miles, <laughs> Brennan, please. If you want to know, by the way, like is you're like, oh man, where have I heard of Louisiana Brennan before? Where does he? Is that I'm for some reason I'm hungry and I'm thinking like, bananas Foster. Yeah, that Brennan family, like the Brennan restaurant tour family. That's who. That's who LSU had to call in. Was a kid who probably knows how to make a pretty mean bananas Foster, just as birthright. Hey, you listen. You can't make bananas Foster without setting something on fire. In this case, it was LSU, so it's fine. Good job. So, yeah, uh, in case you're wondering why we were looking up at Orgeron's buyout, well, it might be because everybody counted on Ed O to just hire good people and, you know, sort of recruit and, you know, be like half recruiter, evaluator, mascot, right? A real CEO type, if you will. And uh, thus far, that ain't happened. Uh, that, that hasn't happened at all. They're paying Dave Aranda and paying Matt Canada a 
ton of cash. And they just lost to Troy. So there's going to be some questions. Uh, and there's going to be people looking out, looking up exactly how much yonder buyout is. Now, Ed Orgeron's buyout. Edo, if you think about getting rid of him, buyout's 12 mil, which I got to say, for a guy that you hired from interim, that's a little more than I might want to pay. I got to be honest. Let's review what a buyout is for. This seems elementary, but at this point, I think college football needs it. Uh, most buyouts in the sport are equal on both sides. They apply the same whether the coach leaves to take another job or if the coach gets fired. They're not all that way. There are a number of coaches who have different arrangements. But the idea is that it provides that level of mutual protection, that if you have a coach that you think is likely to jump to, or, or at least possibly will jump to another school, in the way that Jim McElwain did to Florida or to the NFL, that you will get some recompense for it. That worked out very nicely for Colorado State, by the way. Uh, and then the flip side, of course, is that it provides some security for the coach, that if they are terminated earlier than their contract contemplates, that they're going to be uh, given, a little, given a little thank you. So you, you ha- once you think of it in that perspective... You have to ask the question, who the fuck did LSU think was going to poach Ed Orgeron? <laughs> Louisiana Tech, ULM? I mean... Um, Lafayette? The Saints, the New Orleans Saints, that's who. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that's one, that's one thought here. Let me, let me, let me sweeten the pot a little bit, if you will. Add a little more seasoning. To be on theme, Cajun wise, um, there. That's not the only person that LSU is paying to coach football right now, or better put, uh, to not coach football. To watch football. To watch football. They're both watching it. Let's agree. To work. To work as an analyst for ESPN. <laughs> They're both right? paid for previous coaching at LSU. We'll put it. Uh, yep. Yeah. Right. Right now, the dead. The dead salary cap money in terms of coaching. LSU's got uh, 21 mil on the books. 21 million dollars that they're that they would in theory be paying people to not coach football, meaning they would go into their next coaching search, which I don't know if I'm LSU, I'd probably try to hire somebody expensive and good, right? Cuz I was talking about Tom Herman last time. Texas ended up hiring him. Texas they 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 might want to they don't hire people for free. They, they pay a lot of money. Okay, but but lawyer, follow me down this lawyer pathway. They fire Ed Orgeron. They owe him $12 million. They hire Les Miles. He can't still collect that $9 million buyout, right? Hmm. I, I, I like where you're going. Or, alternatively... They hire Jimbo Fisher, and then they have to pay FSU. What is it? Forty million dollars is Jimbo's buyout at the moment. <sighs> meaning that, yeah. meaning that sixty-one million dollars will have been spent before a penny is awarded to any coach for actual services rendered at Louisiana State. That's the outcome I'm rooting for. I am rooting for LSU to go so deep in the hole here that they go to the rest of the league and they're like, y'all got to bail us out. What are you going to do? 
You can't have you can't have the SEC West without LSU. We know we know how this works. We know that you'll forgive this debt one way or the other. Yeah, I I, I am all for this because uh, they're going to have to do that. Because because man, it's it's bad. It's real bad. You don't ever want to be the team where somebody goes, "I told you." The the solution I'd seen mentioned multiple places, including uh, on Reddit college football, was that. You simply make Ed Orgeron interim coach again and get back to the immortal Ed Orgeron, world's best uh, interim coach. Yeah, I think to do that, you probably have to fire somebody from the coaching staff because he can't. The problem right now is he just has too many. He has one too many assistant. So, you know, he's got to lose one guy who would have been himself. So I think he's got to be demoted to defensive line coach or whatever, and then promote it again. So wherever he's demoted to, that guy's got to go. And then you're good. That's brilliant. Yeah, I like this plan. Um, so, yeah, that's it. we did mention Jimbo Fisher. Not not that he's in any danger, especially now that... Oh, now that FS- he beat Wake Forest, don't look at how it happened or why. Just assume that it was a comfortable win. Yep. Dominated Wake Forest. Or dominated. Knowles, unconquered. The spear was feared. As they won, let's put it, they won. Say the same thing about Florida. To be fair, to be both fair and balanced, we won. We beat Vanderbilt. It was a very impressive win in that it was definitely a win. Definitely. Listen, the Seminole Nation has said that they're okay with needing a last second touchdown to beat Wake Forest. They signed they signed up for this. It's not disrespectful. Okay? They're on board. <laughs> hey, you know, I was just going to talk about that that new quarterback of yours, Blackman. He's the Seminoles said he was okay. They've approved every single interaction. We are not racist. Okay. Okay. It's cool. It's cool, man. <laughs> Didn't have to bring that up. <sighs> it's people. But yeah, Jimbo Fisher just in case you doubted what FSU was, they fell in love. And they they got a face tat of Jimbo. And you know what happens when you get a face tat of your significant other? You can never leave. And that's why you get a, a buyout that's $40 million. $40 million. Worth it. I, honestly, at this point, I think Jimbo Fisher is the failure for not if you told me I had $40 million guaranteed, I'd stop showing up. I'd be like, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I'll do enough that you can't fire me with cause. But game plan? No, there's no game plan. I'm just showing up. Tell him to have fun. Throw it around out there. See what happens. We're just wasn't to- 40? Wasn't that the Rick Pitino buyout that he's probably not going to get? Oh, it, was, hmm. it was something in, the, that, something in that range. Listen, he said he will be vindicated, okay? Which is definitely not something every mob boss has ever said. (laughs) Huh. Oh, okay. I I also wanted to go, just in case, you know, in situations where, again, I would probably make you pay a buyout rather than working. Nick Saban, if, if Alabama fires Nick Saban without cause, it would owe him, this is per USA Today, they would owe him a buyout of as much as four years' worth of his base salary and the talent fee uh, 
that is per their words, consideration for the TV, radio, and endorsement rights. That's a total of uh, $26.9 million. That's all? That's it. Four years of his salary would be... No, I think base. It's, it's base salary. Oh, base. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Now, yeah. now, on the flip side, if Missouri fires Barry Odom, he actually owes them $300 in American <laughs> Airlines credits. He owes them for, like, the printing fee. Hey, you gotta, you gotta, hey, if we fire you, you still gotta pay your half of the cable bill. If we fire you, you still gotta finish out your shift. I was like, <laughs> what do you see clock in on Friday? <laughs> what do you mean if? It's one to close. Can we cancel Cinemax? No. You still owe us, Barry. <laughs> Idiot. Hey, so, uh, Barry, I hate to do this on your last day, but can you stay late today? Barry, well, Barry's from Missouri, so he doesn't know you can find porn online, right? He's like, well, I'll just go to the shop. Barry, you know, if you, don't, you know if you don't return the polo shirt, we get to take $28 out of your last paycheck, right? But I don't have any, I don't have any other clothes in my car. Well, well, you leave how you want, Barry. The company gave me so much. I mean, if you don't give us back the polo, what's our next coach going to wear? He's shaped exactly like you. <laughs> His or name's also be. Barry. That would be, that would, man, that would be amazing if they hired <laughs> Barry Alvarez. <laughs> this way we don't have to change uh, any of the nameplates, so. I mean, saving, savings are savings. Barry at Missouri.edu. Look, don't... <laughs> Football's a game of inches, and managing a football program is about cents on the dollar. That's right. New head coach Barry Sanders. He doesn't know it, but he's 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 signed up. Going to do it remotely. Going to telecommute. <laughs> With his weird accent. <laughs> Hello, everybody from Steelwater. <laughs> Burry. Uh, yeah. This is uh, this is this is by the way, like we're we're mentioning all this because. It, it, there are a few teams that actually did have fantastic weeks, uh, despite everyone else having really bad ones. For instance, Wazoo. Man, I'm so happy I stayed up to watch that. Now, Ryan, Ryan being sleepy and old. Went to bed after the first quarter. Do you know why? But there's, there's a reason besides sleepy and old, which I am. I decided that if I... Okay, let me back up. Having a child has taught me that if you want something too much, it won't happen. Like every time I want my daughter to do a thing, to clap her hands or to like do something cute that I've seen her do before, if I want it too badly, she just won't do it. It's only when I'm like not paying attention and don't have my phone handy that she'll do the cute thing. And the cute thing was going to be Washington State beating USC at home. Yeah. If I stayed up late, that means I want it too bad and it won't happen. And so I went to bed after the first quarter when it was 7-3 USC. And what do you know? I woke up and Wazoo, so cute. I'm going to Instagram that. It's adorable. I think I think it sounds like Ryan took one for the team. You're welcome. Ryan, Ryan sacrificed his own delight so that everyone else could enjoy uh, Mike Leach saying he felt like he was back at Woodstock or whatever. I did get to see the um, the USC fans with the Sam Darnold Jets jersey, and I feel like it's their fault. Because I feel like that would be the kind of thing that could shake your confidence very badly. Because imagine you're Sam Darnold. You look over to the sideline. You say, oh, cool, USC fans. 
Oh, that's so that's awesome. They made a custom jersey for for an NFL team with with my name on it. They think I'm NFL caliber. That's great. Huh. It's a Jets jersey. Well, the Jets are a bad team and they likely will have a very high draft pick. Maybe the first overall draft pick. Who's to say? So mm-hmm. I guess that means they think I'm the best player who could be in the draft next year. On the other hand, if I play for the Jets, my life will be terrible, and I'll never succeed at anything, and I'll just wish that I had, I don't know, played jazz trombone instead. So maybe that's what they want from me? Maybe this is a warning? of They're the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, warning me to quit football altogether, lest I end up covered in Jets? What does this mean? What should I do? I'll lose to Washington State, just to be safe. Yeah, yeah. And these these guys with this this Darnold Jets jersey, they were at the Cal game too. I don't know what. I don't, they're trying to destroy his psyche. Let's let's assume these are. They're just, just stalking the young man. Let's assume these are actually the New York Jets agents. These are the only people they can afford at this point. That's their general manager. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just go with the jersey. Should we like try to nah? Just go. I read about him uh, in Sports Illustrated like six months ago. He seems good. We should take him. Like you, you, you know, we can just write his name on a card, right? No, 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 thanks. no, no. Let's get him before then. Maybe they're just trying to see if if that's the right size, and he won't. Hey, are you oh, large? No. Are you? A... Hey, <laughs> over here, Sam. Can you try this on, please? <laughs> Real quick, if 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 you have him, if you have him as your <clears throat> as your best college football player right like if that's your thing then you you haven't you haven't actually watched him or you haven't actually you haven't actually watched um you haven't actually watched any other football player or you haven't watched the 2017 season like if you just watched the last half of last year sure but you're going to need to expand your data set a little bit well 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 hold on hold let's review all of the great usc quarterbacks that have made it to the nfl okay you got um you got carson palmer first overall pick 2003 Mm -hmm. he's listen has he won a super bowl no has he had a pretty successful career with two franchises that are not exactly the most successful? Yeah, one I might, think so. or you know, one might one might even call them kiss of death type franchises. Yeah, uh, you got Matt Castle. He played with Tom Brady. That's pretty cool. Got a big contract. Got a big contract once, man. You got Matt Leinart. He's good on TV. You got yeah. um, Mark Sanchez, fifth overall pick, went to two AFC championship games. Doesn't matter what happened beyond that or how he got there. Yes, you could also buy a ticket to two AFC championship games, but Mark Sanchez didn't. So he's slightly better than you. Um, Matt Barkley, still alive. Cody Kessler, still alive. Max Brown, he's with the best football team in, in America, Pitt. John David Booty. Pitt pays at least as much as um, FS1, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Pitt pays at least as much as playing for the Bengals. That's like, I'm, I'm 100% certain of that. 
Also, and this is not related to anything, E.J. Manuel played in an NFL game today, October 1st, 2017. All things are possible. Even the bad ones. Mostly the bad ones. Damn, look at that. Now, I want to go ahead and also go over, here's our our current leaders in interceptions. Okay? Anyone who has managed to watch, I think, even a cursory stream of two weekends worth of college football would be able to tell me who the leader in interceptions is. Particularly ones that go for pick sixes. Particularly ones who might have thrown two in a row at one point in this very young season. Are we talking about Nebraska Heisman candidate Tanner Lee? That is correct. Tanner Lee, <laughs> currently the currently the clubhouse leader in interception thrown. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, man. But I'll tell you this. Tanner Lee, he's thrown nine picks. You want to know how many TDs he's thrown? He's thrown ten, y'all. <laughs> one, oh, he is one under. Hang on, hang on. That's 12. 13, right? Counting the ones to the other team? Oh, yeah. Scoring, Damn. scoring machine. From anywhere on the field. Listen. You with, your, you with your advanced stats. When you're evaluating a quarterback, you say, can he make all the throws? Pick sixes are some of the throws, are they not? <laughs> That's amazing. He can, he can hit anybody. I really hadn't thought of it like that, but damn. That's, that's, man, that is dropping the eggs on the floor and serving it a, a good looking omelet anyway. Well I, done, Jason. I learned that from Ghostbusters. I would, uh, then, uh, that's nine, okay? But there are three quarterbacks with eight. Three. Shane Morris of Central Michigan. Ross Bowers of Cal. Who, again, he's still over. He's thrown nine TDs and, and eight interceptions. And Sam Darnold. Sam, Sam Darnold, by the way, sitting there with nine and eight. So he's still one under as well. So so that's that's where Sam Darnold's at. It's not bad, okay? I don't want to overweight interceptions. It's just it's, when you look at some of the work people are doing other places, it really doesn't compare. Luke Falk, how many picks on the year? Oh, man, this will this will surprise and delight you. That uh, Luke Luke Falk, two Luke Falk, two. Yeah, he's not even in. He's not even in that that realm, that category. Oh, but he's he's a system QB. I've seen Luke Falk get hit by a train mid game. I do not mean a car. I do not mean a a football player who is as big and powerful as a train. No, I mean a literal Pacific Northwest freighter with three engines that went right through the field, cleaned him off. And uh, he was left for dead. And then he came back and threw like uh, for like 800 yards. Two picks in 220 passing attempts. That's third in the nation right now. Josh Rosen, yep, you're number one, buddy, 245. They're going to ride that till your arm falls off. Sorry. Um, Sam Darnold has about 70 throws fewer than, or sorry, about 50 throws fewer. Than Luke Falk. Six more picks. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays for um, downtrodden Washington State. No. No. Does he does he play for does he play for Cal? Like like you know, like no, he doesn't do no, he's he he's playing for USC. That he's playing for um he's got the Ferrari. 
and he's currently put it into the wall twice, right, in a race, or eight times if you just want to go ahead and extend the actual number of interceptions he's thrown. So, yeah, I don't know what's up. I just think he just, like, like the uh, offenses or units are hard. You got, like, 11 people, and they all got to figure out what to do, and the chemistry gets complex. I know what didn't help having three of his linemen out because USC's uh, a medevac unit right now along the offensive line. That, nobody with that. So don't be too hard on him because guess what? Um, he has no one to block for him. No one. Absolutely none. Let's... Can we go back to the Georgia game? Dude, I will talk about Tennessee losing all damn day. Tennessee lost lost this game, it felt like nine different times. Which you're like, how can that be possible? The final score was 41-0. Yes, they lost at the end. They also, in the first half, had at least two dropped interceptions that were not the kind of things where it was like, oh, well, it was on third down and they had to punt. Nope. Kept Georgia drives alive that ended up in points. On one, on one on When they finally did pick off Jake Fromm, I think within two plays, they butt-fumbled the ball away back to Georgia. Snapped it. Snapped it right into his gooch. Like, right into the taint. Yeah, the still makes it look like, like he is incubating this football. Like it's going to turn into Yoshi if he's patient enough. But Jason... It, it looks like he's pooping. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jason, we found... What is, the, what is the best statistic from the Georgia-Tennessee game? Oh my god, it's one of the greatest stats I've ever seen. It, so during the game, um, John Kelly breaks off a long 44-yarder and fumbles the ball at the end of it. And you look up and you say, that was their longest gain so far by 34 yards. It was their first double-digit gain of the day. Check back at the end of the game, and that remained the same. Their only gain of longer than 10 yards ended in a fumble. This is George's passing line from the game. 7 of 17 for 84 yards, one touchdown, one pick. They were very They ran listen, the damn ball. Listen, they did run the damn ball. But if you told me that was a passing line from an SEC team that won 41 to 0, I'd be fucking floored. And yet, it was better than what Tennessee did. How did Tennessee only throw the ball 23 times in a game that they lost by six scores? What is happening here? They were taking their time, just lining up, admiring the sunset, looking at the coverage, identifying the coverage, then thinking about the coverage, what it meant to them emotionally, what, how it reflected what was going on in their own life, metaphorically attaching it to other lessons that they have learned. This is Butch Jones football. There's a system, but it's important that you learn the life lessons that come from that system. For example, um, if you decide to promote uh, a guy, an offensive coordinator who's never really called plays above the high school level, then you have to realize that it's a parable about opportunity, okay? And, and what happens when you give someone that chance? Even if, even if I don't know, someone might say that they're not up to the task and don't really have experience for the job. The faith, the faith alone should carry you through that, right? Even through hard times, like, I don't know, suffering a shutout, the first since 1994, which, by the way, I was there for that game, and it was an ass-whipping, and this was worse. Fortunately, I wasn't there to get spit on because that was what happened to me in 1994. It was a woman, and uh, it was mostly chewy tobacco juice. There was some other organic matter in there that I didn't really want to consider uh, the provenance or origin of. Tennessee 
you gave up 294 rushing yards on 55 Georgia rushing attempts. I will ge- I will say that this was generous of you. And I will use this as a segue to talk about something much happier than the Tennessee-Georgia game. Even if you're a Georgia fan, part of you has to be like, my God, what did we do? But our charity drive has concluded. Neither Jason nor Spencer have any idea how much money we've raised. I just tallied it all up tonight. Do either of you have, do either of you have an inkling of what our final total is? I have a guess. Go I have a guess. It. I'm going to guess 21. You're under. It's just over $22,000. Goodness. Yeah. Like, holy shit, y'all stepped up. Big time. Thank you all very, 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 very much for these donations. You have given us an insane amount of work that we have to do, shouting you out, doing your ad reads over the course of the season. We have to thank people like Kelly Burrows, Jake Hudspeth, Craig Smith, Steven Anderson, Jose Alvarez, fine people who gave freely to help hurricane victims. So, so awesome of all of you. People like Matt Morris who paid for me to say this. I, Ryan Nanny, will never give up my quest to be the Bloomin' Onion at the Outback Bowl. Go blue. Um, yeah, I, I will never give up that quest. Outback, not returning the calls anymore. Not responding to the tweets. Not returning the emails. They think this will stop me. They think this will stop me. It will only embolden me. Because how much do you think it would cost for me to, I don't know, uh, rent a prop plane and a Mm -hmm. parachute and just come into the Outback Bowl my damn self wearing wearing an even superior Bloomin' Onion costume of mine own creation? In Florida? Oh, uh, that's like $70. Yeah, that's right. You know what I have? $72. So I'm good. Outback, this is happening whether you like it or not. You can either be on board or you can be invaded. Damn. Damn, the Gator Air Force. Here it comes. They got the Cajun Navy. We got the Gator Air Force, man. Listen, we're, we're a running attack now. You know that. Yeah. I'm good at it, too. By the 30, way, was um, it 38 points? 38 points? Florida hit the over by itself? Yeah. Yeah, laugh. Go ahead, laugh it up. Actually, you're the you're the you're the Florida defender on this podcast. Ain't so. nothing funny. Ain't nothing funny. I don't no. need to be a Florida defender cuz our defense is great. I'm all about Florida offense. That's a, that's also great. That's a record-setting offense as you well know, Jason. Yeah, well, hey, so as soon as Florida scores against LSU, what happens? Mm. Ragnarok? Yeah. New record for the longest scoring streak in FBS history. Most consistent offense in the country back to the 1980s. Florida, greatest offense. Offensive school. Best at scoring points. Doesn't, matter, home how, offense, doesn't matter how many, okay? <laughs> it's a binary. Long One game. or zero. This is a computer offense we run, okay? It's next level. It's space age. It, one, 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 one. Zero. No, one, one, one. <laughs> one, one, one. <laughs> the best part about that very meaningless streak is that during the Florida Vanderbilt game, they brought it up as the Affleck trivia question. They said, who 
who uh, they would beat Michigan uh, for the longest streak. Michigan uh, lost that streak, and they said, who did that happen against? Um, and one of the announcers jokingly said Northwestern, which was cruel, but it did all allow us to remember the time that Notre Dame shut out Michigan. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. <sighs> I would like to, uh, is this where I read a, yes. a reader? Yeah, I would like to do this. This is from Josh Thompson, all right, who generously donated to Hurricane Relief for our fundraiser. Josh Thompson paid for the right uh, to hear me say, <clears throat> Josh is tired of losing to fucking Clemson. He should be. Except it's not going to stop. For whom does Josh root? Uh, Josh would be a Virginia Tech fan. Tech uh, in the big game, the Saturday night game, right? The, the big, the big high-profile one that you're not supposed to, uh, you're not supposed to lose badly. They lost, they lost badly, 31-17. But it wasn't even really that close. That 17 was more kind of. There, there were some little struggle points at the end. A couple of cookies that they got at the end of the game. Um, yeah, that's that. It wasn't, it wasn't good. So Josh, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm tired of losing to Clemson too, FSU, whatever. That ACC team that just bedevils everything I try to accomplish. I agree with you, man. I'm also going to read this one from uh, Clay Carroll, who wants us to argue his long-held position that NC State should be the football power, the sleeping giant football power in North Carolina. UNC is already a basketball school. That's why they have the jump man on their practice helmet. Um NC State has beaten FSU as many times as Clemson has since FSU joined the ACC, which is a terrifying fact, but I believe that Clay is telling the truth. If not, well, you'll let us know because this podcast is frequently wrong. And I was going to say that Wake Forest had a case, but they couldn't close. I mean, one team's beaten Florida State this year. One team hasn't. So yeah, NC State... You get to be the greatest college football program in North Carolina. I don't know what that does for you, personally. I don't know how much you get to pat yourself on the back for it. But you know what? I say it's true. NC State is the football school in North Carolina. It's mostly because it's definitely not ECU. Well, are we talking this season or like... Yeah, in, the, in the last, in the last like ten, twenty years. Okay, because I mean, to, NC State fans, I think they're the maddest. ECU fans give them a run for it, but there's probably more NC State fans just overall. I mean, if we're just talking football, I think NC State fans are. It's like a really underrated message board culture there, so. Yeah, if that can ever translate into football success, then I'm on board with the um, sleeping giant argument that seems to apply for every program in the state. If somebody so just if, got, if you if, somebody if you find a way to, to convert anger to to wins, then yes, I'm all on board. We got anyone else of note this week, by the way, before we sweep things up? Like, for instance, wasn't that cool? As Ryan put it, the two weeks that we thought that. 
Mississippi State was really good. That was those were halcyon days, filled with wine and honey. Can't say I recall. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh. Also, I I have I have one to read as well. Mm. From Kim, Swatty K, Swatty K, Swatty K on Twitter. Swatty. I'm gonna say Swatty K. Um, just because that seems like the easiest way for y'all to find. I am the podcast most devoted, maybe only, female middle-aged Gamecock listener who agrees with everything you say, except I don't think Popeye's chicken is all that good. Um, well, we appreciate you being a devoted, maybe only female middle-aged Gamecock listener. However, we have a, 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 a blossoming hive of middle-aged female Gamecock listeners, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be. You'll hear them. You'll hear them any minute now, uh, chiming in that they are their legion. Um, and they and love with Popeyes. And they yeah, love Popeyes. Yeah, you're the only one who doesn't like Popeyes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. So like Popeyes, yeah. I mean, we we have made it sort of part of our brand on this show. I didn't. I thought everyone liked it, but and then you know after we talked about it, come to realize like a lot of people have never even tried it. I I would I would so here's what I'll say. I'm not gonna go and be like Popeyes is the best fried chicken. Nope. Won't say it. I've had better. Popeyes is the most interesting fried chicken experience. Okay? That's what it is. It's like little miniature dinner theater, and that's the true value of it. It's every time every, it's, cho- it's every choose time. your own adventure and then the page numbers are wiped off. So who knows where we're going next? Oh, you thought you were getting you thought you were getting a biscuit? Nope, it's a space ant and it just bit you in half. I think it's I think it's more like in Soviet Russia, adventure choose you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but with it but always with the edge of charity, right? Like I always know this. I'm always going to get more than I expected in so many ways when I go to Popeyes, right? Like it's just gonna happen. Like I'm I'm gonna get more than I expected both in terms of what I ordered because the number is inaccurate, but usually in the positive. And also, yeah. spiritually, I'm going to learn something. Popeye's knows right? what you needed. If there's a, a quart of motor oil in the bag, it's because you need to change it. It's not, and you can't yeah. sue. You need to read the fine print. You you cannot sue You're Popeye's. A little low. I swear, I have never gotten a Popeye's order where it is wrong, like Spencer said, wrong, but I'm missing stuff. It's more like... There are fries in here. I didn't order fries. Am I going to eat them? I sure am. Yeah. And like, no, it's not the world's greatest fried chicken. That I mean, you'd have to pay a lot of money for the world's greatest fried chicken. But among fast foods, it's very, very, very competitive. There's and, a crescent wrench in this drink. Why is that? I mean, it it looks good. It looks sturdy. I need one. Got one now. I think it's it's like a lot of places, like, um, you know. Waffle House or uh, or uh, a Bob Evans or a Culver's or you know or even like a Chick Fil A where it's like as much the culture as it is what you're actually eating. Yeah, because situational chicken. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret here. For situational chicken, where you just you just need some fried chicken and it's got to happen fast, and I don't have time for an adventure, but I need something that's exactly like rock steady performance chicken. Y'all, I'm I'm going to Publix. Like that's 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 situational chicken. But you recognize right that that that's not available to all of us. Say some of us who live in New York City, who pay way too much in rent, and our grocery stores are a goddamn abomination. Unless you go to Whole Foods, which I don't have the money for because of the goddamn rent that I. You know what? No one made you do that, Ryan. 
Yeah, man. No, you're, it's fine. You're, you're, no, no, no. You're not. You're, you're you're not going to KFC. <sighs> Don't do right? it, Ryan. Don't do it. No, no, no. I won't. I mean, it's not that sad. No. Not yet. That would be that'd be silly. Yeah. I will state, by the way, before we before we shuffle week five off into the books. All right. One one game that did live up to the billing that I just don't think got enough play and was wildly entertaining. That'd be Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. 41-34. About the right score you expected. Not exactly how you might have expected it to end. Because guess who scored the winning touchdown? That'd be Mason Rudolph. You mean, oh, Mason Rudolph threw it. Nope. Nope, nope. This game was pretty much everybody flipped identities. Pass happy Oklahoma State. Ran the daylights out of the ball with just... Oh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is uh he's a running quarterback now. He's good a scrambler. Good old, good old wheels Rudolph. Good old good old stank leg Rudolph. <laughs> um we call him Racing Rudolph. <laughs> that's that's racing Mason Rudolph. Flying to the corner. Did you say raisin? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's racing Mason Rudolph, the NASCAR the NASCAR machine of Big 12 quarterback just down to the corner. That was maybe the funniest thing because it was actually kind of a brilliant play at the end of the game because I I think nobody really believed he had it, right? <laughs> like, oh, surely he's thrown it by now. Oh, dang it. But still. Like also, that game had two doinked field goals. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Good, solid, like... Not glancing blows, but Resonant. like the kind that makes the the kind that makes the hemispheric mic kind of shake a little bit, right? Yeah. Positive. What else? Is there anything else we need to cover from this week? I mean It just just looking at this, only one other note that I would make when looking at this week. Um that a, a couple of things. One, uh Florida State's offensive line. I know they won. Man, Florida State's offensive line's bad right now. They are in a very, very bad way. There's a clip. Maybe we'll include it with the post. Probably not. Black- we'll, we'll forget. Of Blackman dropping back to uh, pass, and he is sacked by a defensive tackle who comes unblocked from a three-point stance. I mean, he just springs up like, Wee! Like, hey, let's be friends! <laughs> like, he has no time uh, to even drop back. That's how badly Florida State's line is playing right now. So, in other words, Florida State must be pretty good because they still beat a, a very game Wake Forest team uh, despite having no functional pass-blocking offensive line whatsoever. So, I would mention that. Um, oh, also, you know, if you're keeping tabs on something, uh, Michigan State's 3-1. and one. You say we don't talk about the Big Ten enough. Look at us loving up on Mark D'Antonio. Three and one, one and zero in the Big Ten. You know who's zero and two in the Big Ten? Iowa. Um. So rankings are dumb, right? Tend to be. Okay, but they are useful, and this is why. If you look at the the AP poll for this week, you will note that two teams dropped from the rankings entirely. Mississippi State, which was 24, got very, very badly beaten by Auburn. Also, uh, Josh, we're not friends anymore. We're not. Um, And LSU, which was 25. And then you go to the others receiving votes. 
I think an oft ignored part of the poll because it doesn't technically mean anything. Oregon has is first on this, but nobody's going to say, "Oh, that's number twenty six, Oregon." Not how it works, even though in theory that makes sense. LSU is not on this list either. Troy is. Troy has one one vote, and therefore Troy. America recognizes that, yes, you are the better team than LSU. The Associated Press, America's journalism, has looked and said, this was not a fluke, this is the world as it exists today. And I appreciate them for that. Also, Texas A&M is somehow getting votes, so whatever. Well, Oleg Saban's coming to stop to that. So no worries there. That, that fake news will sort itself right out. 